Pandemics, plagues, doomsday, and the human condition. We've all heard of a disease by many different names. A plague, a flu, an outbreak. Uh, We've had the Black Plague. We've had Scarlet Fever, uh, Typhoid. There's been Swine Flu, Bird Flu, H1N1, whatever you want to call it. The coronavirus itself has been around and officially discovered and named as of the 1970s. But the new strand that's out, that's sweeping the globe and making hundreds of thousands of people sick uh, with a few thousand casualties, is still uh, the coronavirus. But it is a mutated strain, a supercharged strain, almost as if it had some sort of chemical enhancements, as if it were to be weaponized. Uh, that's what it smells like to me. Something that was, an in, that was intentionally released. Now, I don't know if you remember a year ago, uh, there were, due to the permafrost in Antarctica, they extracted from beyond the permafrost a super, what they referred to as an extinction-level event virus, like, um, like a super flu, uh, an extinction illness. And they took samples of it, sent one to Wuhan in China, as well as a facility in India. Uh, the one in India, they still have under lock and key now. As far as the one in Wuhan, I'm not sure if that may have broken open uh, accidentally or, sad to say, intentionally, maybe. But that seems to be where the strand originated that we're now seeing sweep the globe. And humankind has faced many obstacles like this, many Many times throughout history, human history, have we faced extinction-level event, pandemics, viruses of this nature. In 2016, there was an Ebola scare uh, going throughout the world, even some parts of the United States. And then the other side of the coin, you've got people smoking bath salts and turning themselves into... Brainless zombies, uh, hell-bent on feasting on flesh and eating the faces of the living. Uh, This was a big thing in 2012, I believe it was. Uh, This all reeks of The Walking Dead, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. This is doomsday scenario. Is this something that what we're facing currently natural? Or was this man-made enhancement Uh, Was it used to weaponize the coronavirus in order to create, I guess, a population control scenario? Because at first it was killing off all of the elderly, uh, people who were 60 and over, people who already had pre-existing health conditions, health issues in the past, uh, people who have had heart attacks, uh, COPD. And now it seems to be affecting people who are in their 40s. There was a 14-year-old who was diagnosed with coronavirus. There was an infant over the weekend that was born with coronavirus. Now, like I said, the coronavirus itself has been around for a millennia, perhaps. But it was properly identified and named in the 1970s. But this seems to be a weaponized pandemic. And I hate to think of something like that deliberately being released into the general population. 
But then when you trace it back to experts saying that this originated from a bat, and there are parts in China where the food vendors along the streets are using gutter oil to cook with, and the movie Contagion showed us that exact scenario where there was some bad pork, somehow got mixed in with bat meat, and created the pandemic from that movie. And of course, uh, the movie with Dustin Hoffman about the Ebola outbreak, which was called Outbreak, and that was, I believe, circa 1907, uh, 1997, 1998. That was a great movie. Probably not the time to watch those movies right now. You'll probably freak yourself out and won't be able to sleep for a week. But we just need to remain calm. This really will show ourselves what we're made of as a society. Will we crumble and turn on each other? Or will we come together as a united front and face this head on and become better as a result of it? I'm going to cover this topic in this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. Bear with me. I'm your host, Neil Parks, and enjoy the show. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Business Insider indicates a highly pathogenic strain of H5N1 bird flu has been reported in China's Hunan province. A highly pathogenic strain of H5N1. It's reported that the Chinese officials had said, according to Saturday, a report from Reuters. The outbreak was reported on a farm in the city of Shenyang, in the Hunan province, according to China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs, of the 7,850 chickens on this farm, where the outbreak occurred, 4,500 of them died of the H5N1 avian flu, Reuters reported. The Chinese government said it killed, which killed, of course, 17,828 chickens as a result of the H5N1 outbreak. Per the United States Geological Survey, the bird flu is deemed highly pathogenic based on its ability to kill birds. The designation of low or highly pathogenic avian influenza refers to the potential of these viruses to kill chickens. The USGS website says the highly designation of low pathogenic or highly pathogenic does not refer to how infectious the viruses may be to humans, other mammals, or other species of birds. The USGS noted, however, the most strains of the bird flu are not highly pathogenic and cause few signs of disease in infected wild birds. However, in poultry, some low pathogenic strains can mutate into highly pathogenic avian influenza strains that cause a contagious and severe illness among poultry and sometimes wild birds, often resulting in death. According to the World Health Organization, while H5N1 can be easily transmitted to humans, typically through contact with dead birds or contaminated environment, 
It is fortunately rare in humans. The virus does not infect humans easily and spread from person to person. The person appears to be unusual, though. There is no evidence that the disease can be spread to people through properly prepared and thoroughly cooked food. The mortality rate in humans is 60%. The news comes as the Hunan coronavirus, which is believed to have originated from a bat in the Hubei province, which is north of Hunan, continues to spread throughout the country and has caused more than 259 human deaths and infected around 12,000 people. Who remembers the flu outbreak of 2009? It was the H1N1 pandemic. It was the spring of 2009. I myself was in New York City at this time. A novel influenza known as H1N1, the virus emerged. It was detected first in the United States and spread quickly across the country and eventually throughout the rest of the world. This new H1N1 virus contained a unique combination of influenza genes, not previously identified in animals or people. This virus was designated as influenza, an H1N1 PDM09 virus. Ten years later, work continues to better understand influenza, prevent diseases, and prepare for the next pandemic, which we are currently in. The 2009 H1N1 pandemic, the new flu emerges. The virus was very different from H1N1 itself that were circulating at the time of the pandemic. There were two different strands side by side. Few young people had any existing immunity as detected by antibody response to the H1N1 PDM09 virus, but nearly one-third of people over 60 had antibodies against this virus, likely from exposure to an older strain of H1N1 itself. Early in their lives since, the H1N1 PDM09 virus was very different from the original H1N1 virus, vaccination with the seasonal flu offered little cross-protection against H1N1 PDM09 viruses. Now, it was produced as a result of the H1N1 outbreak. It was not available in large quantities until late November after the peak of the illness during the second wave had come and gone in the United States. From April 12, 2009 to April 10, 2010, the CDC estimated there were more than 60.8 million cases, the range being 43.3 to 89.3 million, so a bare average 60.8. 274,304 hospitalizations and 12,469 deaths in the United States due to the H1N1 PDM09 virus. Additionally, the CDC estimated that 151,700 to 575,400 people worldwide died from H1N1 PDM09, which is version 2 of the original H1N1. This differs greatly from typical seasonal influenza epidemics during which about 70% to 90% of deaths are estimated to occur in people 65 years and older. Though the 2009 flu pandemic primarily affected children 
and young and middle-aged adults the impact of the H1N1 PDM09 virus on the global population during the first year was far less severe than that of the previous pandemics. Estimates of pandemic influenza mortality ranged from 0.03% of the world's population during the 1968 H3N2 pandemic to 1% to 3% of the world's population during the 1918 H1N1 pandemic. It is estimated that 0.001% to 0.007% of the world's population died of respiratory complications associated with H1PDM09 viruses. The infection during the first 12 months, the virus circulated. The United States mounted a complex, multifaceted, and long-term response to the pandemic, summarized in the 2009 H1N1 pandemic summary, highlighting April 2009 to April 2010. On August 10th, 2010, WHO declared an end to the global 2009 H1N1 influenza pandemic. However, H1N1 PDM09 viruses continued to circulate as seasonal flu viruses and caused illness, hospitalization, and deaths worldwide every year. Which brings us to the new goon in charge, Donald J. Trump, who in 2018 dismantled the United States Pandemic Task Force Agency, saying that it wasn't needed because the United States was strong enough to withstand any pandemic and just the regular CDC could handle it. Well, that pandemic group had been around since the days of President Richard Nixon. It had evolved, it had moved into another name, it had branded itself and become something stronger. And they really had a good eye for what was coming up and how to prepare people for possible pandemics or sweeping of illness. And in 2018, our President Trump disbanded that organization which brings us to 2020 with this pandemic, this outbreak that our president originally called a hoax, referred to it as a democratic hoax that the Democrats were using to damage his chances at reelection, that it was a media hoax, that the media was lying, the Democrats were lying, it was all Nancy Pelosi. And then he went on to blame Obama for dismantling the organization that he himself dismantled in 2018, which was a good year after Obama left office. But that's all on Trump. And now he's taking the pandemic seriously. And today on Twitter, that slack-jawed son of a bitch said that he knew from the very beginning that it was a serious pandemic. I can't even with this guy. He is by far the biggest gold medal earning idiot on the face of the earth. He is not fit to lead. He is not fit to run a company. He is not fit to drive an Uber. The man needs to jump up his own ass and swallow. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. We had plans for a trip to New York City late April. That, of course, has been changed. We've always been super clean people. We wash our hands religiously, sanitize, 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 and we've always refrained from touching our faces until after we wash, rinse, and repeat. The last time we went to New York City, the H1N1 swine flu scare was sweeping the globe. From April 2009 to April 2010, 500,879 people died from H1N1 worldwide. That same year, 56,000 people globally died from flu type A and type B. Flash forward, December 2009 to present day, over 5,000 people worldwide have died from the coronavirus in just three short months. This illness appears to only be killing people 65 years and older, as well as people who are already ill or have weak immune systems, along with children under the age of five, allegedly. Are people overreacting? Is the media fueling the madness? Is our president not taking this seriously in the least? Should we be concerned? The answer to all these questions is yes. This is a deadly illness and should be taken seriously, yet at the same time, don't panic. We as humans have always managed to adapt and overcome. A line from the movie Dark Knight with, of course, Batman and Heath Ledger as Joker. He states, see their morals, their code. It's a bad joke dropped at the first sign of trouble. They are only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you when the chips are down, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not the monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Let's not prove him right. Keep your senses. You don't have to buy 50 packages of toilet paper every day. You don't need to set up a bunker or bomb shelter like we did while preparing for Y2K. Keep clean. Keep on cleaning. Use Lysol. Eat healthy. Take your vitamins. Check in on the older people in your neighborhood and be smart. Most importantly, don't listen to our buffoon of a president or his alt-right constituents and allies. He is a lying sack of shit. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free. Zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash good. That's forhims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. 
were family-owned, family-operated, family-managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same-day pickup and next-day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now I got some interesting pieces of fan mail, mainly questions from people, listeners like you. Uh, one of them's coming from an individual um, out of Texas asking me, uh, Mr. Neil Parks, have you ever encountered an Egyptian or a Greek or Roman ghost? Unfortunately, um, Mr. Texas, I have not. I've not been to Egypt. I've not been fortunate enough to hit that region or anywhere around um, Greece or Rome. That would be my idea of where you would encounter spirits of that nature, that culture. Uh, unless, say, like the Smithsonian Institute that has artifacts and relics from that area. The same with any museum, uh, such as in New York City. Chances are there might be some kind of attachment from that culture that could be spiritual, but I've not been fortunate enough to encounter it. Another question comes from Molly out of Boston, Massachusetts. She's asking me, we moved into a new home, Neil, and since making some renovations, just adding some shelves, painting some walls, moving a window, and uh, planning on adding a sun porch in the back, strange things have been happening in the house. Um, we have a three-year-old who has been interacting with what a child that they say lives in the closet and did some digging on the history of the home and found out that there was a pond that was behind the house at one point that they've since drained and covered over that a uh, six-year-old child had drowned in that pond that lived in the house originally and the room that my child now has is the room this child once had. And that's uh, based on the description of what my child has given me in regards to the other child that I can't see, but they are playing with and interacting with, matches the description of the child who died from drowning on the property. What should I do? Uh, at this point, it doesn't appear to be any kind of a threat um, based on just interacting with that. If it is um, residual, then... That's perfectly normal, perfectly fine, absolutely harmless. If it's something that is non-human and manifesting itself and appearing as a child to toy with and manipulate your child and your family, then that could be dangerous. Only time will tell. Um, either the child, your kid, will grow out of interacting with this uh, once that extra gland closes over, so many of us uh, of the human population percentage-wise loses the ability to interact through a natural sixth sense because of the, what we know as the third eye, the gland that is attached to your cerebral cortex closes over with age and then there's no longer any kind of an interaction with the spirit world or the ability to see things that you can't physically see but are there metaphysically. Only time will tell, but if it begins to show any signs of aggression or 
if your child is actually being hurt by this thing, then you definitely want to seek a paranormal investigation team, a research team that is tied deeply in, uh, into a church or faith to where you could use either a um, rabbi or a priest or a, a Christian minister to eradicate negative energy. If that becomes the case, that, that would be wise. The next question comes from Mark out of Florida. He's telling me about a time that he and some friends went camping in Tennessee and encountered what appeared to be a uh, giant dog bear creature. He's asking me if there have ever been any werewolf sightings or reports, that is, in Tennessee, in this area, um, outside of the mountains, close to, he says it's a PGA golf course on the other side of the mountain. But in this region he was camping in, he encountered, he and his friends encountered some strange dog bear type creature. Now, I can tell you, Mark, that the dog man has always been described as some sort of a strange hybrid bear dog looking thing. Uh, not quite a werewolf, not anywhere near as big as a bear, but it does have uh, strong, stalky arms and stands upright and has backwards bending legs like a dog or a standard animal where their knees are essentially on the back of their leg. And they do have that appearance and they stand upright, but they hunch over and they can run on all fours at the same time as well as running on the back legs. Uh, if that is what you, in fact, encountered, chances are you saw a dogman. Now, as far as dogman reports in Tennessee, I've not come across any, nor have any of the other people that I've collaborated with and other research teams I've worked with in the past. Have they ever written about, talked about, or encountered a dogman in Tennessee? It's something to definitely flag and keep a close eye on because you may not be the only one encountering this type of creature. I'd like to thank all my fans and people listening who will hopefully become fans of the show for sending in your questions. I take those anytime. You can send emails and questions to parksparanormal at gmail.com. That's parksparanormal at gmail.com. And you can always get on YouTube or Facebook and type in keywords under search at the Neil Parks and my YouTube channel is under Parks Paranormal. You can always find it, of course, through Google or go on YouTube and put in at the Neil Parks and you will find my channel. And I would be happy to answer any questions you have, give you some advice or fair warning. Uh, thank you so much for the fan mail, the questions, the letters. Keep them coming, people. monster.fandom.com that's monster.fandom.com coronavirus and the sun a lesson from the 1918 influenza pandemic fresh air sunlight and improvised face masks seemed to work a century ago and they might help us a little bit now when new virulent diseases emerge such as SARS and COVID-19, the race begins to find new vaccines and treatments for those affected. As the current crisis unfolds, governments are enforcing quarantine and isolation, and public gatherings are being discouraged. 
Health officials took the same approach 100 years ago when influenza was spreading around the world. The results were mixed, but records from the 1918 pandemic suggest one technique for dealing with an influenza. Little known today was effective. Some hard-won experience from the greatest pandemic in history could help us in weeks and months ahead. Put simply, medics found that severely ill flu patients nursed outdoors recovered better than those treated indoors. A combination of fresh air and sunlight seems to have prevented deaths among patients and infections among medical staff. There is a scientific support for this. Research shows that outdoor air is a natural disinfectant. Fresh air can kill the flu virus and other harmful germs. Equally, sunlight is germicidal, and there is now evidence it can kill the virus. Open air treatments in 1918. During the great pandemic, two of the worst places to be were military barracks and troop ships. Overcrowding and bad ventilation put soldiers and sailors at risk, high risk, of catching influenza and other infections that often followed it. As with the corona current COVID-19 outbreak, most of the victims of so-called Spanish flu did not die from influenza. They died of pneumonia and other complications. When the influenza pandemic reached the East Coast and the United States in 1918, the city of Boston was particularly hit hard. So the state guard set up an emergency hospital. They took it the worst. They took in the worst cases among sailors on ships in Boston Harbor. The hospital's medical officer had noticed the most seriously ill sailors had been in badly ventilated spaces. So he gave them as much fresh air as possible by putting them in tents. And in good weather, they were taken out of their tents and put in the sun. At this time, it was common practice to put sick soldiers outdoors. Open-air therapy, as it was known, was widely used on casualties from the Western Front, and it became the treatment of choice for another common and often deadly respiratory infection of the time, tuberculosis. Patients were put outside in their beds to breathe fresh outdoor air, or they were nursed in cross-ventilated wards with the windows open day and night. The open-air regimen remained pop, uh, popular until antibiotics replaced it in the 1950s. Doctors who had first-hand experience of open-air therapy at the hospital in Boston were convinced that it was very effective. It was adopted elsewhere. If one report is correct, it reduced deaths among hospital patients from 40% to about 13% according to the Surgeon General of Massachusetts State Guard. Uh, this next segment is not at all a surprise to me from a career con man like Donald J. Trump. Trump administration is currently seeking exclusive rights to potential coronavirus vaccinations. German lawmakers and United States government officials voiced outrage at a report that came out Sunday that the Trump administration is seeking to secure exclusive rights to a potential coronavirus vaccine being developed by the German firm CureVac as the pandemic spreads and takes lives across the globe. Something to keep in mind, CureVac is a company directly tied to Jared Kushner, 
the president's son-in-law. The German newspaper, Welt am Sonntag, citing an anonymous German government official, reported Sunday that the Trump administration offered CureVac $1 billion to hand the U.S. exclusive rights to a potential COVID-19 vaccine. Trump wants the vaccine only for the USA, the German official said. The New York Times confirmed late Sunday that the Trump administration openly admitted to attempting to persuade CureVac to move its research to the U.S., offering the company what one German official described as a large sum of money. Germany is not for sale, economy minister Peter Altmaier declared in response to the bombshell reporting, which White House officials said was completely overblown. International cooperation is important now, not national self-interest, said conservative lawmaker Aaron Rudell, a member of the German Parliament's Health Committee. Led by Chancellor Angela Merkel, German government ministers on Monday are planning to convene a crisis meeting that will include a discussion of CureVac, which is headquartered in Tübingen, Germany, but also has an office in Boston, Massachusetts, headed by Jared Kushner. Top White House aides were aware of the communication by an offer from the president to CureVac, the Washington Post reported. Citing an official anonymous administration stated, the official cautioned, however, that Trump often has private conversations of which his staff is not aware, and therefore the official could not definitely rule out that any such discussion may or may not have occurred. The Trump administration has faced backlash for refusing to vow that any COVID-19 vaccine will be affordable for all in the U.S., let alone be free, as progressives and public health experts are demanding. We would want to ensure that we'd work to make it affordable, but we can't control that price because we need the private sector to invest, U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said during a congressional hearing last month. Reuters reported Sunday that CureVac has started with a multitude of coronavirus vaccine candidates and was now selecting the two best to go into clinical trials. The privately held company hopes to have an experimental vaccine ready by June or July to then seek the go-ahead from the regulators for testing on humans. Christoph Heitisch, chief executive of Dianvi Hop Biotech Holding, CureVac's main investor, told the German newspaper on Sunday that it has no plans to allow any nation to purchase exclusive rights to a potential COVID-19 vaccine. We want to develop a vaccine for the whole world and not just for individual countries, said Heiertik. Now, most of you know me well enough by now to know that I am not at all a fan, never have been, of Donald J. Trump. But one thing to keep in mind, the president did not create this virus, but he openly ignored it. He denied it. He minimized it. He joked about it. He weaponized it, politicized it, and exasperated it. He is responsible for the chaos and the unnecessary illness, and yes, the preventable deaths because of his arrogance. And his supporters are just as guilty. This is the human cost of the Make America Great Again cult delusion, and we are all paying for it. 
paying for it equally. This is not something that's just going to go away. Trump said it wasn't real from the very beginning. He said it's contained. Then he said it would disappear. Then he went back and blamed the Democrats and said that they are politicizing it to ruin him. Then he shared his hunches. And then he overruled his scientists and the scientists available on hand to guide us through this pandemic. Trump has completely failed. He has endangered every single one of us. And it was just yesterday, he said on Twitter that he would appreciate a thank you for his active involvement and his lightning quick response to the coronavirus pandemic because he knew from the beginning that it was going to become a pandemic and that it was serious. Even though two, three weeks ago, a month ago, he went to his little hate rallies in different parts of the United States weekend after weekend after weekend, either between golfing in Mar-a-Lago or going to these hate rallies and chanting to lock up Nancy Pelosi or to say that the coronavirus is fake, fake news. This is all just politicized. This is all just a democratic ploy to bring down our administration. And here we are today, March, the middle of March, 2020. And now he expects to thank you for his quick response. He did nothing but cause more damage. He did nothing but strike up his ensemble of cult members who wear their little red hats with pride and think that he is the second coming, to think that he was appointed by God to lead us. This man is the great deceiver. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so many of my friends and family members, there are a lot of them, who buy everything that this lunatic spews out. He is a danger to our society. He should be treated as public enemy number one. He is not a friend to you. He is not a friend to me. His self-serving own interests is all he cares about. The bottom dollar, the top dollar, the middle dollar. We are all expendable in his eyes. He has done nothing good for this country. And this pandemic and his lack of response and his lackadaisical attitude and his whole approach as this is a democratic ploy, fake news. This is all fake. It's contained. It's not contained. It's not a pandemic. It is a pandemic. His back and forth <clears throat> gerrymandering, he's done. This has completely pulled the curtain back to show what a completely corrupt creep he is and always has been. And if you can't see it, it's because you choose not to. <laughs> These are some of the conversations I hear throughout the day from many people that I come into contact with. Number one, for example, I heard that they're shutting all businesses and places down in 36 hours. They're making us all stay in our homes. It'll be martial law. Another thing that I've heard on a regular basis, I heard they got the National Guard closing the borders between Ohio and the other states. They ain't letting no one in or out. Something else to think of. Everything will be shut down until August. I've heard some people say, number four on that list, if they make a stay in our homes, people start stealing and looting like the movie Purge. I've heard that. I've also heard, I'm ready with my guns if trouble comes to my door. 
I've also heard eBay has toilet paper packs for $25. And another one to share. They're lying about how many people are sick. The media is a real problem. They're all lying. I can't even. I cannot even with the sky is falling scenario. You got one half of the people not taking it seriously at all. And the other half taking it too serious to the point to where they don't even want to talk to people within six feet of themselves. There's a happy medium in between this. Like I've said before, keep yourself clean. Wash your hands regularly. Don't touch your face. Uh, don't pick up food off the floor and eat it. Don't kiss everyone open mouth that you see. Try to refrain from hugging for a while. Unless it's your inner circle in your home with your kids and your wife and whatnot. You can hug them all you want. Especially now with uh, national school shut down for the rest of the year from what I've heard. Um, well, that's one more thing to add to the list of things that I've heard. <sighs> when this pandemic and this quarantine is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be, we were called to be, we hoped to be, and may we stay that way, better for each other, because we made it through the worst. That's all the time we have for this week on Paranormally Speaking. I'm Neil Parks, and please, be good to each other. Duh.